I want to thank the recent reviewers of the podcast on iTunes. I so appreciate it. It helps me tremendously. One, because I learn what you like about the show, so I can continue doing those. Two, because your reviews help spread the word about the podcast. Your reviews put the podcast in front of the people who could benefit the most. And three, and being completely honest here, your reviews make me feel good and more motivated to continue doing this work. So please chime in with your feedback. I would so appreciate it. If you're not sure how to do it, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will give you the step-by-step. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks podcast. And now here's your host and fellow second breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode 46 of the Second Breaks podcast, and it is Tuesday, April 10th, 2018, as I record this episode. Today, we're talking about one of the topics that I'm so very, very passionate about, career strategies for the new economy. And specifically, I want to talk about why we need a new strategy. Is this just another fad, another thing, you know, strategy, career strategies? Why do we need to have new ones? Why can't we simply use the tried and true practices that have been proven through the test of time? So first, I want to tell you a story. This story is about my friend who had a stable job in a stable company in a stable industry. And I won't mention the name of the company to protect the innocent, but I will tell you that it is in the pharmaceutical industry. So my friend had been with this company for about 10 years. And then last year, the first shockwaves happened. Her entire department was outsourced to another company. Everybody in her group, except for the head of the department, he was retained to manage the relationship with the new company, but everybody else was outsourced or was let go, was either let go or outsourced to this other company. My friend was told, you know, don't worry if you want to, you can all be rehired by the new company at the current salary levels. So far, so good, right? Except that there was the fine print. There is always a fine print. The quote unquote at current salary levels was only for the first six months. Kind of like those introductory offers we get to entice us to subscribe to a new service or to a new magazine. After the first six months, her salary calculation changed so that it's based on billable project hours. And as it turned out, with the new math, her take-home pay did not level up to her previous salary level. And oh, by the way, she wasn't exactly hired as a full-time employee either. Uh, She's now a contract worker for the new company. The thing is, my friend's story isn't so unique. There are many stories out there that sound a lot like hers. And you probably know someone who's gone through something similar, or you may have experienced it yourself. What's happening here is one of the changes in work practices that are impacting us, not in the future, but today, right? You may have heard the phrase future of work or workplace 2020. But the thing is, we don't have to wait for the future to see, to see or experience the changes. We can already feel it today. 
The future of work is here. So today I want to touch on the main reasons that are driving the changes. I think it's important for us to understand these things so we can spot them and recognize them when it's happening in our companies, when it's happening in our industries, so that we can prepare and better position ourselves. I believe that the more informed we are, the more we pay attention to these things, the better we are able to help ourselves and prepare and position ourselves uh, so that we won't feel like the rug's been pulled from under us. You're listening to the Second Breaks Podcast, where we explore what it takes to make a career move in today's fast-changing world. I'm Lou Blazer, and I'm also the founder of Second Breaks, a company that teaches career strategies and pivot plans that work in this new economy. You can find out more about the workshops at secondbreaks.com. I used several reference materials for this episode. You can find the show notes with all the links to all the materials that I used at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode four six. Okay, so let's get on with the show. In a fast-changing world, we cannot simply sit by and wait for the ball to drop. That sort of attitude would leave us most vulnerable. We cannot be reactive. We have to be proactive. And the best way to be proactive is to pay attention to what's going on. So that's my goal for this episode, is to help us all pay attention. And oh, by the way, on the show notes for this episode, you will find the links to the reports and the studies that I used as reference uh, for the information that I'm going to share with you. So again, go to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode four six to get the links if you want to get a deeper dive into any of today's topics. Okay, I'm going to talk about four major driving forces that affect today's workplace. The first one will not be a surprise to you rapid advancements in technology. So robotics, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you've heard these phrases before. Artificial intelligence is intelligence demonstrated by machines in contrast to the natural intelligence displayed by humans and other animals. These technologies dominate discussions around how these innovations will affect our jobs. There are doom and gloom scenarios like, oh my God, The machines are going to take over, countered by ones that say robots cannot possibly take over our work. It's not possible. They're not smart enough. So it's probably true that the wholesale replacement of humans by machines is not feasible, at least not in the immediate future. However, the reality is these technologies can affect and in many cases are already affecting the nature of our jobs the type of jobs, and the number of available jobs. So let's take a look at one specific example, transcription work, right? So today, companies like Rev.com or Trent.com provide transcription services by machines with reasonably good results at significantly lower cost than human transcription. Now, the need for professional transcriptionists and proofreaders did not disappear. As much as speech-to-text technology, say that again, speech-to-text technology (laughs) has gotten really smart, it still cannot produce the high-quality results that only trained transcriptionists, transcriptionists, that word is so hard, right, can produce. 
However, it's easy to see how the need for human transcriptionists has decreased. There's a significant subset of tasks that do not require a high level of accuracy and where automated transcriptions will do just fine. Now, the rise of smart machines, AI, these kinds of things, is just one of the many technological advancements that affects the world of work. There are a couple of other things that I wanted to point out to you today. One is this highly computational world that we live in. So today, there's massive processing power available. Just think about all the things that you can do with that small smartphone in your pocket. Add to that computing power the availability of data everywhere. Sensors, communications, processing power, these are all being infused into everyday objects and environments. And so you may have also heard of the name of the phrase, Internet of Things, right? So every object, every interaction, everything we come into contact with will be converted into data. In fact, you can already see this happening today. I mean, your local pharmacy's automated system calls you to remind you it's time to refill your prescription. Your home printer's ink manufacturer sends you an email letting you know ink levels are low and that your new cartridges will be sent out tomorrow. That pair of shoes you were eyeing at Amazon.com all of a sudden starts appearing everywhere you go on the internet, like it's following you, right? Combining the availability of data and the massive processing power of computers today make everything programmable. We will usher in an era of everything is programmable, an era of thinking about the world in computational, programmable, and designable terms. As a result, our work and personal lives will increasingly demand abilities to interact with data, see patterns in data, make database decisions, and use data to design for desired outcomes. Think for a moment what kinds of skills will be needed to meet that demand. So, so far we've talked about smart machines. We've also talked about highly computational world. Uh, and the other technological advancement I want to talk about is new media. Now, new multimedia technologies are bringing about a transformation, a fundamental change in the way that we communicate with each other. Just think about how often you now interact with video, with digital animation, with augmented reality, with games, and all kinds of media other than plain text. As these technologies become even more sophisticated and accessible, a new way of living and working will take shape. We are literally developing a new vernacular, a new language for communication. New media innovations change the way we work and communicate with each other. For example, virtual collaborations and meetings, video messages instead of text, and we can expect companies will increasingly require that employees are comfortable using various media. All right, so far we've covered the first major force 
driving uh, the changes in the workplace, which is, you know, the rapid advancement of technologies. The second major force that I wanted to talk about is a globally connected world. Now, globalization isn't a new thing. We've been living with this for a long time now. This trend has been around for several years. We can only expect it to continue with technology improvements, making it easier and more feasible. Now, when we think of globalization, we often focus on the fact that work can now be sourced internationally to other countries with presumably lower labor costs. The funny thing is, we don't even have to look that far. Even in our own backyard, we can feel the effects and the benefits of connectivity. Nowadays, companies are not limited to resources available in their local markets. Remote workers are on the rise, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And there's nothing to stop someone living in Florida to work for a company based in Chicago or Canada. As with technology advancement, a globally connected world increases competition and opportunities. You can view this either limiting or expanding your options. It just depends on how you see it. The third major force driving changes in the workplace today is longevity and aging population. So with a few exceptions, the world's population is aging over the next decade. Advanced economies will see the effects of an aging population. Uh, This comes from a report by PwC called Workforce of the Future. Our longer lifespan will affect business models, talent ambitions, and passion costs, thereby putting pressure on businesses and social institutions. More and more, people past the age of 65 will want to continue to work, either to supplement their resources for retirement or to remain active and productive. Now, older workers will need to learn new skills, and so retraining and retooling will become the norm. Now, the other side of the equation is that serving the needs of an older society will also create opportunities for new products, new services, and business models, which also gives rise to new employment opportunities. So, so far we've talked about three major forces driving the changes uh, in the workplace today. Uh, The first one was the rapid pace of technology advancements. The second one was a globally connected world. The third one was uh, longevity and an aging population. So I want to cover the fourth change driver. This is changing work environments and flexible arrangements. New technologies are enabling workplace innovations such as remote working, co-working spaces, and teleconferencing. I'm sure you've seen this already in the companies that you work in today or the industry where you show up. These new arrangements change not only what work is done, but where and when work is done. Welcome to working in the digital age. The onset of the information age is associated with the digital revolution, just as the industrial revolution marked the onset of the industrial age. The definition of what digital means continues to change over time as new technologies, user devices, methods of interaction with other humans and devices enter the domain of research, development, and market launch. Now, there are always two sides to the coin, right? So for us workers, this is a good thing. We can, we can work anywhere. We, can, we don't have to show up in the office 
all the time from eight to four, nine to five, or eight to six in some cases, right? So this is a good thing. On the other hand, companies and organizations are also、uh, likely to have an even smaller pool of full-time employees for fixed functions because they are now able to be backed up by folks in other countries or external consultants or contractors for specific projects. Which, if you remember, is what happened to my friends. Uh, in my friend's story from the top of the show, it's exactly what happened to her last year when her department was outsourced. So to recap, I covered four major forces driving the changes that we are already experiencing in the workplace today:、uh, rapid pace of technology advancements, a globally connected world, longevity, and an aging population. And changing work environments and flexible work arrangements. Now we can look at these major forces and choose to feel alarmed and feel really hopeless, like "Oh my God, what's going to happen to my job?" Or, and obviously this is my preference and the way that I look at these things myself, we can choose to look at these factors for the opportunities they present, and then figure out a way to position ourselves in the best way possible. And yes, I hear you. Easier said than done, right? Everything is always easier said than done. So you may be nodding your head in agreement, but the question is: the challenge always is how? How do we do this? What do we actually need to do? So on Tuesday, April twenty fourth, I am hosting a webinar that will dive into this question. I will be covering what a new career strategy in the new economy looks like. What are the things that comprise a new economy career plan that responds to all these changes? Look, the world of work is changing, and we are all in this together. Companies across the globe are allocating time, energy, and money to figure this out, to figure out how to transform their businesses and practices to deal with these change drivers. And so should we, right? So the first thing. That we really need to do is to pay attention so that we can understand these things, and then create a new economy career plan so we can better position ourselves. And, and attending that webinar on April twenty fourth will be a good first step. So I hope to see you there. You can find the link to the webinar on the show notes, secondbreaks dot com forward slash episode four six. I so hope you found this episode useful and the topics that we discussed. This is so important and so timely for、um, the world that we live in today. I would love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. You can email me directly, Lou at SecondBreaks, or you can tweet me at SecondBreaks. Or even better, attend the webinar on April twenty fourth, and you can post your questions and comments during the webinar. This concludes this week's episode. You can find the backlist of episodes and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Next week, we will be back to regular programming with a new guest to inspire you and get your juices flowing, so you can start planning your career move. Till then, keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. This is the Second Breaks podcast. 